Hi there, everybody. Sorry about that mix up. Twitter was kicking me out for some reason, but got it all up and running now. Everybody, thanks so much um, for um, hanging in there. Sorry that we had this little uh, issue with the, the tweet um, with the uh, link to the spaces, but we were able to figure it out and, and get up and running. So want to thank everybody for coming here today. Um, wanna, we're here with NFTs for Good. We are a weekly Twitter spaces that's all about highlighting the builders and founders in the NFT and Web3 space. We do this at least once every week, and you can check out the schedule on our website, www.thestudios.io backslash NFTs dash for dash good. And we know there are tons of stories that always come out about the, you know, not so great aspects of, you know, DeFi, Web3, crypto, and NFTs. And we believe that if we keep talking about the positive aspects about what's going on in the space, um, that we can, you know, really move the movement forward and create um, a lot better conversations around what we're building. Um, so again, you know, one of the things that we're focused on with this show and subsequent shows that we do is that we're highlighting the people and founders that include a utility and social good component in what they're building. And we hope that two things can happen from this conversation. One, we help you connect with another founder and their courageous journey of going from idea to building in public. And number two, um, that you're inspired by their stories and know there are some really great people out here building this new internet. Again, um, you can check out our upcoming shows and sign up for updates at www.bluestudios.io backslash NFTs dash for dash good. 
And quick disclaimer that all opinions of the guests or hosts may not reflect the views of Blue Studios or its hosts. This Twitter Spaces is for informational purposes only. None of the opinions of the show by the hosts or panelists can be considered investment advice. Please do your own research, be safe, and make sure you talk to any security and investment advisors for more information on how NFTs and crypto fit into your collectible and ownership portfolio. This show is also being recorded so we can have it on the website and other places to promote future shows. Um, we also have our past episodes live on all the major podcasting platforms, so make sure to check them out. Just search for NFTs for Good on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Quickly, a little bit about me before we get into the interview with our guests. Um, I'm Kelly, founder of Blue Studios. We build a community around education, family, and Web3. I'm a third-gen entrepreneur on both sides of my family. I really believe in families working together and how helping families work together better can make this world a better place. And as a result, at Blue Studios, we believe in redefining what families can do together. And our mission is to pioneer how families invest, plan, and earn together with technology that's accessible to everyone. And, you know, a big part of what we do is around coming up with an innovative approach to educating and inspiring families to learn together, but also to onboard more families in a safe way to Web3. Super happy to be here today. A big reason why it's important for us to do this show is to highlight the stories and people behind the DeFi, crypto, NFT, and Web3 movement. Web3 is fast-paced. It's 24-7, and we've had to work faster and harder than we've ever before. But it's nice to slow things down and dig deep with amazing guests like Jonathan that we hear, we have here today. Um, I know we're going to get into our story. Um, we're going to get into our interview with Jonathan, but we'd love for you to do just like a quick intro about who you are and what you're building. And then we'll dig a little bit deeper into it. Totally. And uh, Kelly, thank you so much for having me on. I've, uh, I've been looking forward to this since we set it up a few weeks ago. Um, so thanks again. My name is Jonathan. I, um, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur doing my second startup. Uh, my first startup, I got funded right out of college. I actually um, was finishing up my last semester and uh, created a good enough deck to, uh, to receive a larger check than I'd ever seen in my life. And um, I decided if someone was going to put their full trust in me in that capacity, that was going to be my only thing I focused on. And so I uh, went on a bit of a hiatus from school in my last semester. And I told myself, if, it, if you know, once it fails, I'll go back. Or once the company gets to a point where it can cover my learning costs, I'll go back. And uh, fortunately, it turned out it was able to cover my learning costs a few years later after we had raised uh, a significant seed round. Um, so I started building that company. It was it was an awesome, you know, I like to uh, credit that that journey for being my business school. And um, now, uh, now I'm in the Web3 space. I, I prepared an ICO uh, in 2017 and was going to actually take that into the market and uh, ended up getting traditional funding, um, and which actually worked out better at being an enterprise business-to-business -business, uh, company at that time. So I kind of backburned the ICO. I stayed in crypto as an investor, um, was enamored by NFTs when those first came out, and um, when I uh, immediately I realized I looked first principles, um, I looked at the technology and I said, what is it that's driving this? And uh, I, I realized what it could be. And 
uh, I realized how the market saw it. And, um, you know, that's kind of why, you know, at the time we realized what, what we would call today NFT 2.0. Um, but it's really about it's really about adding an element of uh, immortalizing, if you will, digital assets by adding a lifetime value of trackable and measurable utility to any and every digital asset from content, as we most well know from NFT 1.0 to coupons, to tickets, to receipts. Um, and it's all about attaching the serial ID number to any and every digital asset and immortalizing its lifetime value. And, um, and we're building a software that makes for marketers by marketers that makes it very easy. Uh, think Salesforce, think Wix, think Marketo. Uh, it gives you that it gives marketers that kind of experience to be able to do what we call the four M's of a successful Web3 campaign, mint, manage, market and measure. And uh, you could sprinkle monetize in there as well. And so that's that's what we're doing. And so we're you know, our goal is to bring in as many small businesses, mid market and enterprise level companies into the Web3 space as possible by creating a, um, a no code Web3 SaaS solution uh, built for marketers by marketers. Awesome. So what is the thing I know you've you've uh, had like a lot of different lives in the Web3 kind of NFT crypto space. What what fascinates you the most about the space and what's like gotten you to dedicate yourself like 24 seven to like contributing to the space and building in it? That's a great question. I think um, I'm I'm. I'm newly 30 years old, so I just turned 30 uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, and I say that to say I, I completely missed the dot-com boom. Um, and in terms of being an entrepreneur and capitalizing on top of the next generational sh uh, paradigm shift, social media and the mobile device and app boom, you know, I was in, I was in high school and early college. And you see how consumer behavior changes at each point in which there is a, a generational change in technology usage. And I am a profound believer that Web3 is that next gigantic leap forward. And I'm fortunate enough now to be in a position where I have the ability to build a team and raise capital and understand how a uh, innovative and um, disruptive technology can be utilized in a way where it, it brings about a new concept and a new way to do things, but also mixes with fundamental thing, uh, fundamental components, meaning we're introducing a new way of uh, allowing brands to engage. And that's our focus, right? This is our take. So I'm being a little specific here, but we're looking at a new way for brands to engage with their communities and with their audiences. Um, Web 2.0 was about influence and reach and streams and likes and follows and now it's going to be more of a quality over quantity situation. You're going to have people who are not just loyal to your brand, but um, patrons that, that own a piece of your brand and have real incentive to participate. And where this, where this space is going is just, I, I'm just so enamored by it and it just makes so much sense. And that's part of, that's part of what we talk to these companies about is, look, if you miss social media, you don't want to miss Web3. Um, and I think I'll, I'll close that up and I'll wrap that up with a lot of you see those memes floating around the Internet of look at what came from the 2006, 2008 recession. You had Airbnb, you had Uber, you had Instagram, Snapchat. What they're really saying is look at the business model that came from that time period. It was the shared economy. 
now when they look back to this uh, bear market in this time period and you see the memes floating around in the 2030s and 2040s, you're going to see that that what transpired and what came from this was the Web3 model. And that's what excites me um, is that we are really amidst an incredibly disruptive transition. No, I definitely couldn't agree more. Um, so let's talk about uh, Keyspace Studios and, you know, let's get dig into like the problem that you're really helping SaaS enterprises solve. Yeah, totally. No, that's a great question. Um, it's uh, it's it's cool because. The, it's it's a so the problem is that right now doing web three components you have to first understand the what and the why right and you have and that's kind of the the nft 1.0 um is is understanding that that what and why element um once you understand that right and, and what does that mean that means understanding what is an nft why would you do it um you know we know coindesk for example excuse me, Coindesk, for example, they put out an article and um, this was, oh man, six, nine months ago. And it, and it was all about you, you tap a, C, a CEO will tap their marketer on the shoulder and say, do something NFTs. Well, that's great. You get, you get a little bit of press from that, but you know, the question that Keyspace is inherently solving for is now what, right? So there's two pieces um, in which kind of the, the area, the, the space needs and it's knowledge and tools. Uh, this NFT 2.0 era is going to educate and appeal to brands at an alarmingly fast rate. The reason being is that it just makes sense. Um, and it makes NFTs make sense, right? Brands. And, and quite frankly, at the beginning, not even myself could fathom a consumer paying $300,000 for a JPEG or how real or how releasing a similar digit uh, digital asset of that brand could benefit themselves, but to allow consumers to own a piece of their brand, um, which comes with trackable and measurable utility, that's something marketers can understand. Meaning, you know, I think it took time for me to understand that artists couldn't monetize their digital assets online before NFT technology, because there was no way of indicating that it was authentically theirs. And I don't think a lot of people understand that when they say, well, I can just screenshot this picture or why would I pay $300,000 for a monkey? And for a lot of brands, you know, having those collectibles is great, but what's, what's beyond that? And that's where we come in with the question of now what? Um, and I think that the, the other problem, so that's the knowledge piece is these companies have to have the knowledge of why, what, and how, and then the how part becomes its own question. Once a brand does understand the why and or the what, the how becomes the next barrier. Currently, most tools to mint NFTs, manage holders, market collections, measure data, they're all separate and it makes the process disjointed. And a disjointed process means more manual labor, uh, less data points, and a chaotic integration into the existing software stack, meaning, um, coexisting with your MailChimp and your CRM. And if, if uh, and it's the perfect time right now for brands, especially those, as I mentioned earlier, who were, who uh, learned from being late to social media, there's a, th th it's a good time to get in and learn how to play. Uh, and again, what I'm calling NFT 2.0 in a low cost, low barrier way using an intuitive software built. And this is a kind of our kickers built for marketers by marketers. Um, 
purpose built for a creative or a marketer to be able to understand data and analytics. How does how does a campaign, how does a Web3 campaign affect my social media or my, my um, community engagement? Um, as well as any kind of on-chain data point, um, how can we monetize this? And now a lot of brands will choose not to monetize because, um, and this is some of the insight we have from some of our team um, who's been, you know, managed huge budgets at AT AT&T, T-Mobile, Yahoo, Disney, and not a lot of brands will want to book revenue because it becomes a hassle. So if they don't want to book revenue, revenue, what kind of philanthropic components are there for them? Or if not revenue at all, what are the other KPIs? And that's what we're solving for. So, so that's kind of the elongated answer. But to, to really create that nutshell, it's now what? Okay, you've create, you know you need NFTs. You've even created your NFTs. Now what? How do you immortalize those digital assets and add a lifetime value to them that keeps a secondary market trading and long-term holders incentivized to never sell or trade? Amazing. Amazing. And so what would love to hear, you know, as a next question about, you know, how do you typically work with your clients? Uh, Do you have any favorite case study examples that you can kind of share with the audience? Like, obviously, you love all your clients equally, but I don't know if you have some like kind of cool stories or case studies. Yeah, totally. So um, we we've we've been building this company and we're still uh in an infancy stage but we've been building this company in a very um let's say calculated and phased approach uh the first phase was first off don't make the same mistake every entrepreneur makes don't make something you think is cool raise a lot of money to build it without ever getting market validation front for it so the first thing we did was we realized we wanted to build an enterprise SaaS product that help marketers launch and manage Web3 campaigns. And we went, we hired a, a marketing firm um, that specializes in enterprise market research. And we came up with three different kinds of surveys and, um, and, and we tested the market to see if it was something that we wanted to build. And uh, astoundingly, the, the, the surveys came back overwhelmingly affirming our hypotheses. And so that gave us the confidence and the validation we needed to raise more money and take it to the next level. And so I give that kind of uh, preface because the next phase was consultancy agency phase. And th- in this phase, the reason we wanted to do this was we wanted kind of it to be a paid to learn situation. We knew we wanted to build a robust software, but we needed to play from the, pr- from, from the primary perspective of those we'd be selling our software subscriptions to. And so we decided to take on the role of an agency. And through that, we had a few clients. Um, one of them, we uh, were building out a, a game uh, where their NFTs are, are cards with certain attributes uh, that will be able to be used to create a gamified um, experience that you can earn points and the points will be redeemable for IRL or virtual prizes. Um, but my favorite one and most exciting one, I actually got to fly out to LA and work with a major label artist on creating his NFTs and the idea of his NFTs where he was celebrating his 21st birthday and we wanted to incentivize uh, his community to be, um, to really become uh, really attached to his brand. And this would have, this was his first foray into web three at all uh, and NFTs. 
And so what we did was he threw two uh, two shows on his 21st birthday, both in person in L.A., as well as uh, one of them was pay-per-view live streamed. And if you attended the in-person show in L.A., you you got you had the first opportunity to claim an NFT, uh, claim one of his 21st birthday NFTs. And if you if you uh, purchased a pay-per-view to the live stream, then you were able to um, have second draw at getting the NFTs. And there were four different tiers, and uh, each tier was more rare than the last. So there was, um, uh, there was uh, what were they called? Gen- there was the general admission NFT. There was the VIP access all NFT. There was the all access NFT. And then there was the one of one 24 karat golden NFT. And so then we airdropped them at random to the community who signed up, and we funneled them in. And... Um, it was really interesting. We got really high conversion rates. We got a twelve uh, percent conversion rate for the in-person shows, and I think a nine or ten percent conversion rate uh, for those who watched pay-per-view live streams. And those conversion rates are high when you think about all the barriers introduced of downloading a wallet. Um, this is an audience who's never heard of NFTs before, and so. It was uh, it was affirming it was affirming to see that with the right opportunity and, and the right push that there is a market there and despite their level of knowledge they're there they're ready to participate if you have the right utility and the right uh, collectible and so these nfts um, we're actually waiting to we have it built we're waiting to put the site online but you'll be able to connect your wallet and based on which nft you have, uh, it'll unlock um, different incentives. You could be in exclusive meet and greet giveaways. You could win exclusive merch. Um, we gave a ba- we gave a meet and greet tickets to a few of the holders, um, and that was a Discord contest. And they showed up and had a great time. So working in tandem with his management, we were able to create some amazing uh, IRL and virtual incentives for being a holder. Now makes. Yeah, no, when you said a 9 to 10% conversion rate, that's super high. I mean, in marketing, usually you're happy if you get, depending on the channel, 1 to 2, 3 to 4%. So, no, that definitely shows that there's something there to have a 9 to 10% conversion. Definitely. Right. No, it was super, super exciting for us to see. You know, I think the the demo was 18 to 24-year-old uh, female Um and it was just uh, it was just exciting to say, see that um, you know regardless of gender, regardless of age, uh, there was high conversion rates, and that's just a true testament to the power of this technology, in my opinion. Definitely, most definitely. So let's get more into the topic for today: um, NFTs. So, um, in the simplest terms, what would you? How would you define an NFT? What is an NFT? It's a good question. An NFT is a three-piece combo. It's a piece of forward-facing media. Uh, could be a JPEG, could be an MP3, could be an MP4, could be a PDF. You name the file type, it could be any of them. So it's a forward-facing file or piece of media is what I'll call it. It's a unique on-chain verifiable serial ID number. And it's an, and it's an if-then statement, otherwise known as a smart contract. And those three pieces together is what makes an NFT. And that's the, that's the shortest, most concise way uh, I've, I've understood to explain it over, you know, teaching a lot. That's, that's one of the interesting things about doing this is, you, you know, as you raise capital to build your product, you talk to VCs and high net worth individuals and um, 
everyone, you know, that's why I go with the $300,000 picture of a monkey. Uh, that's most people's understanding of what an NFT is and uh, breaking it down into that three-piece combo. Uh, sometimes I'll even refer to it as Neapolitan ice cream. But uh, yeah, that's what an NFT is to me. No, those are all great visualizations. Um, so why do you think NFTs are so important for like Web3 blockchain adoption? It's a good question. And I think there's a lot of different angles in which you could answer that question. So in terms of in terms of the perspective that I have, because I echo chamber and I live in it every day, um, I think for one, for, for, for a couple of reasons, one is the obvious uh, elf in the room, which is ownership. Um, being able to own a piece of a brand is different than uh, own, you know, it, it's, it's, would you rather own an NFT or own a vinyl? Um, I think there's a different, when, when you have ownership and you have that sense of, I'm not just in this, I have a piece of it. It just hits different. Um, and, and even some with the CCO that allows you to be able to use those assets. You know, we've talked with a bunch of different projects, some that some that let you have full CCO, some where there's no CCO and some where there's limited CCO. One of the uh, large podcasts that we're dealing with who has already launched a, prod, uh, a project, uh, we're actually not working with them yet, but we hope to be working with them. They offer limited CCO. So you can use their, um, their you know, if you own the NFT, you can use that IP. But within the parameters of um, of their style guides and of their uh, templates, so there's a lot of different cool pieces. But the CCO and, and the the ownership is the obvious one. Um, and as that plays out into the future, that'll be amazing. I think the second piece is uh, for the brands, at least that like to participate, is the royalties. Um, you know, I, I like to use the example of Sky Miles or Starbucks points. Right now, if I wanted to sell my Starbucks, so let's, you know, if, if my girlfriend, who has God knows countless amounts of Starbucks points, if she wanted to sell hers, there's no way for her to do that right now. And even if there were, who knows how Starbucks would be able to collect a royalty on that. So being able to sell your brand loyalty, whether it be in the form of a single asset or in a membership or um, or loyalty pass like a Starbucks card or Sky Miles, and then that brand creates that that royalty earning opportunity. I think that's a that's an amazing dynamic in which nobody has seen before. That's one of the things that makes Web three completely new. Um, I also think that the third piece. So the first one is ownership. The second one is royalties. The third one is trackable and measurable data. So if I go to a Let's say I go to a, uh, a professional football game, a uh, professional American football game for any people internationally who are listening. Um, and I let's say they say if you score, if our team scores a field goal in the fourth quarter, then everyone can go show their ticket at Chipotle and get 20 percent off. There's no way to track and measure that. But if it were an NFT that carried a QR code, you would have an immense amount of information of. Who sold that NFT for someone else to get Chipotle or who used that that NFT, that QR code to, to get their 20 uh, percent off Chipotle? Um, who got their 20 percent off Chipotle? And now do we want to send an airdrop to uh, from Chipotle saying, hey, you were one of the people that did this. Congratulations. You get another free whatever on us. 
Um, so this, this idea of this trackable and measurable data um, is the third piece. And then the fourth piece is surprise and delights, which is a marketing term for uh, consistently awarding, unbeknownst to the holder, incentives and prizes. And uh, being able to do that, you know, let's say you have a group of people who bought an NFT ticket to a basketball game and you want to call some of them, um, you want to airdrop some prizes to some of them, you could just airdrop them, you know, the, you could just airdrop them mid-game and, uh, you know, put a tweet out and say, hey, everyone who has an NFT ticket, go see if you got this airdrop. So I think, you know, those four things to me are the one, I'll probably get off this and think five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten more reasons, but those are the first four that immediately ring out is ownership, royalties, trackable and measurable data, and the ability to um, continually add these surprise and delights, uh, which as long as you're doing that, you're really increasing the lifetime value of any brand made digital asset from tickets to coupons to content. No, definitely. Um, I think it's like the next phase of, you know, I think people kind of got a little tired of loyalty programs, like customer engagement programs. They got a little bit too, um, you know, boring, templatized and stuff like that. And so I think NFTs really offer like a completely different level of like customer engagement, customer ownership that like nobody's even tapped into yet. So I think there's like huge opportunities there um, for all the reasons that you said. Yeah, totally. And, and that's what makes it so exciting because, um, mo you know, those opportunities now you can track and there's trackable and measurable data, not in the same way I'm referring to it, but there is, um, and you can, you can surprise and delight, you know, you can, you can, uh, there's text messaging, there's emails, but each one kind of has their flaw. And so this is a new spin on it, but for royalties and, and ownership, this is a, a first of its kind, a, a first ever form of this type of engagement. Um, and I, I think, you know, whether it's a evolutionary uh, build upon something else or whether it's a grant groundbreaking disruption, each one of those components holds a massive amount of weight for uh, what's going to really push this technology and transcend it in uh, into the future. Yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. I'm going to pause for a moment and just say hello to all the folks who've uh, joined in. Um, also, some of our regulars. So, hey to Kilroy, Antonio, Lawanda, Maggie's. Um, I think we have Meryl, Meryl D, oh, Meryl. Marilda NFT, we have you in there. And want to say hi to some of our new, some new faces that I see, such as Red Swan, we have Amina, we have um, D Rabbit Tags, <laughs> we have Builders Collective, and then we also have Off Grid Gecko. So thanks so much for tuning in. So glad that you guys are here with us. Um, also want to make sure that the audience knows that you should start thinking through some questions that you would like to ask our speaker. Um, so if you're, if you don't want to come to the stage um, and request to speak and ask a question, feel free to just DM me directly and I will um, read your question out loud. Um, so while everybody kind of thinks through their questions, um, wanna, I know you kind of touched on this a little bit um, 
with, you know, the $300,000, you know, ape, why would somebody buy a, a JPEG for, for that much? Uh, but what is the biggest misconception that you think people have about NFTs? That it's, that it's only that scenario. Um, that it's only, I have, to, why would I pay a lot of money for this picture? What does it do for me? Um, that's, that whole concept of, I, I think that you look at it, the Gardner hype cycle. Um, I think it's, it started with investing in NFTs as a financial vehicle. I think it, it was, I'm going to buy this and it's going to accrue in a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, it's going to accrue over time and then I'll be able to trade it. I think where it's going, that's NFT 1.0. I think NFT 2.0 is, let's not even call it NFTs. Let's just talk about immortalizing digital assets by finding ways to consistently increase the lifetime value. And I think a, not even a lot of people in the space yet understand where it's going to. In fact, I spoke to a, um, a high net worth Web3 investor the other day, and he invests a, a great sum of money into Web3 projects. And when I was speaking with him about the use cases at the enterprise level, how brands are leveraging them, um, this was new news to him. He had, he had no idea NFTs were trending in that direction. And it was just super interesting um, to hear that. I mean, obviously, we sit in the middle of a Venn diagram, Keyspace does, where one circle is VCs who understand SaaS, um, which is subscription as a service, who understand SaaS but don't understand Web3, uh, who en understand enterprise SaaS but don't understand Web3. And then the other circle is individuals who understand Web3 but don't understand the use case for that in enterprise SaaS. And so I think brands coming into the space is going to be a, a major catalyst for bringing more consumers into the space. Um, and this, and, and I'm not saying that NFT 1.0 is going away because it's not, it's here, it's here to stay. I personally own a bunch of NFTs. Um, but I, I buy them because of the, uh, I buy them because of utility. I don't own any blue chips. Um, I, the majority of the ones I own, unless I have friends that started them, uh, I'm really focused on the utility. And so NFT 1.0 isn't going anywhere. People are going to continue to buy NFTs um, and trade them as they accrue in value. But I think what you're going to start seeing more of is things you won't even know are NFTs, but are leveraging NFT technology on the back end. And whether the consumers know them or as NFTs or not, they're going to be using them. And now there's, you know, and, and the problem is how do you create a frictionless experience to onboard consumers? And I think um, one of does a great job. I think Recur does a great job. I think anyone who, who creates this uh, paper wallet experience to where users can sign in and purchase NFTs and engage in the ecosystem without having to have a digital wallet. I think that's going to be a major piece of this uh, Web 2.5 uh, space. And to get to Web 3 fully, we're going to have to get through Web 2.5. Now, there might be some, some you know, super Web 3 heads in here who disagree, and, and that's totally okay. But again, from an enterprise, enterprise brand perspective, Web 2.5 is my friend, and NFT 2.0 is the future. Well said, well said. Um, Kilroy, come on up to the stage and ask your question. Hello, Jonathan. Hello, Kelly. Uh, good day today and a very interesting topic right here. 
Yeah, we have come a long way. Uh, web 1.0, Web 2.0, Web 3.0, which is uh, uh, owning owning the space. Uh, with regards to the concept of Jonathan, with regards to what he's, uh, what he's uh, naming it right now, uh, NFT 2.0, I think it's more than that. Uh, we've come a long way also in terms of NFT uh, from uh, just the just a JPEG to use cases. And uh, right now, uh, uh, I'm thinking there's uh, a little bit more to it. So uh, uh, it's more than uh, NFT 2.0. It's uh, NFT 3.0 in terms of uh, business processes. And uh, what I really want to know is that, uh, uh, Jonathan, is uh, what sets what sets your concept apart from the previous uh, ideas reg with regards to NFTs? Thank you very much. Hey, no, great question. I would uh, I would actually tend to agree that um, it, it is superiorly advanced. Uh, from where it began. So I, I don't think you're wrong. Um, I, I, I do agree. And, and I love how fast it's, it's been evolving. And uh, so, you're, so you're asking what our value prop is and what our secret sauce is at Keyspace. Um, I think it's this, right? Most companies and competitors adoption is the ability to manage projects in a way enterprises are already familiar with. It's nice to put NFTs in a marketplace in a few clicks or make a smart contract with no code. And we have that, but to be able to manage several projects with budgets and approval levels built for marketers by marketers, that's the key. So it's, we do all the web three under the hood. So when you use our software, you create a project and within the project, you have collections and within the collections, you have IDs. And so that categorization is how you use the software. So if you want to send airdrops, you can pick certain collections or certain attributes within certain collections and airdrop them without having to know wallet addresses or smart contract addresses. If you want to no code create token gates, you can do that. Um, if you want to build a, a drag and drop marketplace uh, to embed into your website, and you can easily do that. But that's what I'm saying is we, we offer the ability to do A to Z of the pipeline um, and regardless of if you want to use the full pipeline or just use a piece of the pipeline, what have you, that's fine. You know, in the ethos of Web3, we're not exclusive. If you want to create a token gate and generate a link for that, that you can embed into a button on your existing website, we make it easy for you to do that. We don't keep you exclusively to our software and our pipeline. Um, and we do offer all those Web3 components, but really categorizing the software in a way that makes managing your web three campaigns no different than managing a marketo marketing automation or um a salesforce crm that's that's going to be the real juice here because again it's for marketers by marketers we know we know what scares marketers and we know what entices marketers and this was built with that in mind and i think there's you know a, a level of professionalism that KeySpace's software is bringing to something that's otherwise a little scary, uh, exciting, but a little scary. Thank you very much. Uh, very interesting indeed. Very interesting, and uh, and uh, I think uh, 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 it's safe to say that uh, NFT Marketplace 2.0 is coming. 
Thank you very much. Thank you totally. very much. Thank you for the questions. It's nice to meet you. All right. Next we up we have up is Antonio. Hey, thanks, Kelly. And thank you, Jonathan, for coming to the space, man. This is um, a, a treat. Um, I, I wanted to first, before I ask my question, just say uh, I commend you for the work that you've done building key space and um, abling, uh, being able to secure investment and really dive in, um, you know, head first into um, your venture, which is making a difference in the space. Um, I also like your description, your, your thorough breakdown um, regarding NFTs, right? You said that it immortalizes um, digital assets and then the analogy with the uh, three-piece combo and the ice cream metropolitan. I chuckled when you said that, but I'm nodding at the same time because it totally makes sense. So I think that's great. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah it, it makes perfect sense, man, especially for people who are um, trying to connect those dots and, and be onboarded into Web3 into the NFT space. So thanks for that. Um, so yeah, so my question is uh, specifically for beginners or those who um, will eventually come into Web3. I know this is going to be um, shared on multiple platforms. Uh, I wanted to know if you can share a little bit of insight regarding some simple signals that um, someone who's interested in, 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 someone interested in NFTs, what they can look for um, to determine if a project is legit, um, is there any kind of hacks that you kind of um, can can share with us? Any um, telling signs, any telltale signs or signals on what to look for or what to avoid? That's one question. And then my other one, this is kind of tongue-in-cheek, kind of in jest, but um, the music artists that you work with, uh, you, you spoke about that briefly. You don't have to drop any names or anything, but I'm curious to know um, what music genre that artist was in. So any telltale signs for someone who wants to purchase NFTs just to um, figure out if they think it might be uh, a legitimate um, project for them to, to buy into? And then just a little bit more insight on that uh, music artist you work with. All right. Thanks, Jonathan. I appreciate it. Yeah, totally. Um, well, I appreciate both those questions. I think they're good questions. And uh, I'm glad you like the Neapolitan example. I uh, I used to use something else, but uh, that one made more sense. Um, the uh, the artist, I'll start with that. The artist was pop punk, um, and uh, he was uh, first for he, he's young kid uh, from Tennessee. Pop punk had one big record. It blew up, um, and uh, and and he did his thing. And you know his his name was Jaden. Jaden Hostler. Um, he was the first artist signed to Travis Barker's DTA records. Um, he opened up for machine gun Kelly. Um, I'm a fan of pop punk myself. So that it was, it was cool to work with him. Um, we, uh, we, 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 it, it's been exciting. It was our, it was our first foray into being an agency and, uh, I couldn't have asked for a better opportunity. Um, I'm pretty sure the NFTs are still on open sea. If, if, like in for for claimable um they might be free they might be charging a little i'm not sure uh we kind of handed it over to their team we just did the initial piece of launch the campaign for them build all the assets out and then um help build the funnel for the people who uh, went to the show or bought the live stream and then after that we kind of handed over the reins um so massive success awesome case study 
super cool kid, super cool team. And, uh, and that was great. Um, so on the call signals, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna, first thing is obviously do your own research. Um, and I'm not gonna sit here and give advice because I know where I play and I know where I don't, I'm not the greatest NFT investor. Um, I've lost a shit ton of a crap ton of money. Sorry. I apologize. Um, I don't know if we could say those words, but, uh, I'll keep it clean from here out. I, um, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and pose and, and tell you what you should do. Uh, because quite frankly, I don't know. Uh, but what I do do is I look for, I, the first thing I do is I always hop in discord. If, if the discord isn't popping, then it's, uh, and it's it's a it's a cold project, meaning I don't know the founders. I didn't meet you at an NFT conference. Um, it's something that just came across and intrigued me. And I hop in the Discord. There's got to be some proof of life. Um, so Discord, Twitter. Um, I love YouTube videos. I love I love when people put videos up on YouTube. And that's really it. Is I just try and uh, circumvent as much information as I can. And if I like the project, I like it. But, you know, it's even like, how do you get into a right project? Like, it's one, it's two, it's two pieces. One, it's how do I not get scammed out of money? That's the first one. Obviously, a signal is if they ask for your private keys, get the heck out of there. Um, you know, that's a very basic answer, right? But, like, that's the first thing. Like, are is, is, it, is it coming off scammy or not? And then, so if I, if I buy in and I don't, it doesn't get scammed. Then the second piece is, well, that's only measurable by time. Are they gonna? Are they? Are they a team that I bet on that can keep producing over time? Because I don't believe in get in on the whitelist and then hopefully trade at the reveal. Like that's all cool, but I'm trying to I'm trying to buy in with a brand and and watch you take your IP and make it the next Simpsons or whatever you want to do with it. And so you know, it's, it's, what are the signals to look for winning projects? One is, you know, is there enough proof of life and do you have enough belief that you won't get scammed? And two is, can they continue to sustain and build over time when they're down and out and all hope is gone? Can they ramp it back up and go back to a hundred? Um, when things are going good, can they stay in the game and not pull out? Um, can they come up with ideas? Can their team execute? Um, I think it's, it's an ongoing game and, and, you know, so you do your research, you get into the project that's not going to scam you. And then you be an active community member and do your small part and really put all your chips on the founders doing their part and growing something really beautiful and special. Awesome. Thanks so much for that. Yeah, that's, that's great insight, great advice. And, um, yeah, I appreciate that. And, um, I'm sure it'd be helpful to many others. So thank you. Totally. And I think one thing I would add to that is launch with utility on day one. Don't launch with a dream. Launch with at least an MVP of utility. I, I think launching with um, launching with a prototype built or launching with something built and, and it's an ability to compound to build on top of instead of a pipe dream. That's also something that's really appealing to me. Like, for example, I just bought one of the Ledger Marketplace NFTs. How could you not put, buy an NFT put out by Ledger? Like what they're doing, they have a real product within a real amazing niche. Um, who knows how good they'll be in the NFT space or in the marketplace space? Um, you know, Kilroy, is your your point, Marketplace 2.0 is coming, but they have a, they have a product. 
they have a community, they've got a working business model, and then they release their NFTs, not the other way around. Noted on that, man. Noted on that. Thank you. Totally. Yes, thank you. Thanks, both of you. Um, and if anybody else has any questions, feel free to come to the stage. Or, like I said, if you're a little, not camera shy, microphone shy, um, you can just DM me and I will read your question out loud. Um, in the meantime, if um, I have a, another question, and, you know, Jonathan, I love um, how you talk about like how you engage in NFTs as a buyer. Um, I don't think enough people really talk about how, you know, you can also buy into a brand and you can buy into a team and support them and things like that. And you don't necessarily have to, you know, try to figure out how to, how it goes to the moon, <laughs> like immediately or next week. Right. Um, but, you know, sometimes the biggest, you know, the most popular, the biggest NFT projects typically don't correspond with utility you know, they have extremely high floors, pricing, but then you have other projects who might start out with the utility day one, um, have, you know, have put a lot of attention and detail into what they're building and, you know, that they don't get that same attention or the pricing doesn't reflect that utility. Um, obviously, every project shouldn't be like a lottery ticket or a game of musical chairs. Um, do you see this getting better or improving in the future? You know, where do you see the future utility of, of utility with projects is heading um, so that this, you know, this industry is sustainable and shines a better light on public perception? No, that's a great question. And, and I think the first thing I want to say to that is there's room for both worlds to exist. Um, it's not either or. Now, I think for brands, it's obviously going to be a little bit different, especially the ones that don't care about monetization. Like, for example, I think I was alluding to this earlier, but I don't think I fully capitalized on the answer. Um, a brand like, you know, um, one of my executives uh, team members worked for American Idol and they actually received an amount of revenue that they couldn't book. There was no way to book it. And so they didn't accept that revenue. I'm not sure what they did with it. I think they used it to, you know, write off some um, part of a bill from a developer in the future. They credited it re rather, but they don't have a way to accept revenue. So for for brands, it's it's going to be a different story. Now, Web3 projects, the floor price and that whole model, like, again, there's a, there's a world for that to live. But for the brands, it's going to be this this incentivization, this utility. Um, I, I I liked I liked a lot what Vcon did or what Gary V did with those Vcon tickets, um, making those tickets NFTs, which gets you into cool things. Like it, it actually got me Chipotle the day I got home, and you know that's not like crazy utility, and but who knows what it can evolve into? And I think just just this idea of Web three marketing, which is marketing through wallet addresses, is going to be the next kind of way marketers move. Um, you think about like an adage actually put an article out a few, a uh, few months ago and as Google and Apple focus more on what kind of cash data can be shared, which is decreasing, not increasing marketers are looking for new ways to reach and connect with their audiences. And I'm not exactly sure what the utility is that's going to work in the future, 
but I know that it's going to be working through wallet addresses and sending airdrops and creating token gates. However, you can use those fundamental ideas. I think that's the starting point. I don't know what you can unlock with those token gates. I'll let the marketers figure that out. And I don't know what kind of surprise and delights you can airdrop. I'll let the other marketers figure that out. But having those technologies available or even e- even even further easy to use in an intuitive no-code SaaS platform, um, that's going to really push the envelope. So the answer to your question, Kelly, is I don't know what the marketers of the future are going to be able to do with the with the technology in terms of creating utility. But I do know that by streamlining the ability to do whatever they want to do and and help them and onboard them, you bring more people into the space, you bring more ideas into the space, you bring more ideas into the space, you bring more things that work into the space. And when more things work, more people come. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, I think it's, um, I know you mentioned marketers a lot. And I think, um, you know, sometimes I think people, uh, I remember, you know, just being a marketer, like you said, when like, you know, social media started ramping up and all these different like, you know, avenues and platforms. And I think sometimes people don't like it when marketers show up to places because they're like, oh, it doesn't, it's not as much fun or it's not as, it's not as natural. But I think what NFTs actually and just crypto and Web3 in general, it does need a lot of like expert marketers to come in and just think about the utility and how to engage customers, how to acquire customers in a different way. Um, And I think that having really great marketers come into the space is actually going to, you know, make bring the utility into it that it needs. Totally. And I I think I I, obviously I 100% agree with you, but you know, and, and to get a little um, ethereal, one of the laws of the universe is uh, there's good, there's duality to everything. There's good and there's bad, you know, call it the second law of motion. What goes up must come down. Everything has an equal and opposite reaction. And so sure. Yeah. Marketers coming into the space is going to be bad, but it's also going to be just as good. But here's the objective fact. It's, it's inevitable. And what it, what do you do about that inevitability? Do you do you sit back and put a tinfoil hat on and say, uh, marketers are bringing the, you know, bringing, bringing the end of this space? Or do you find a way to make it so that there's a frictionless experience for marketers and a frictionless experience for consumers in a way that that holds true to the Web3 ethos of transparency and does so in an evolved way and lets everyone play together because what's this, what's this about? It's removing gatekeepers. So wouldn't it be a little um, hypocritical for web three hardcore web three people to gatekeep the marketers out of the space? No, that's, that's a good, um, you know, that's, that is a good question. (laughs) I actually have a, my question is kind of in that vein. If, Uh If it's okay to hop in. Of course, of course. I was coming to you next. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, uh, first of all, big fan of both of you guys. Um, Kelly, I've got a, a Bella and um, Rev I've, or John. I've been following uh, Keyspace for a while and, and love what you guys are building. Um, my question is, so you've talked a lot about the enterprise angle of like big IP coming into the web three NFT space and, and, and your product in key space being that, that drawbridge, so to speak. 
Um, but, but for like an everyday person, like an artist or a musician, like I'm a musician myself, the idea of like, of, of, of fractionalizing ownership of my new album in the form of NFTs is really appetizing, but there's not really an easy way to do that. Is there, uh, on your roadmap, on your, in your product at Keyspace, uh, is there a, a method of, of an independent artist um, kind of entering this space in, in an easy way, uh, similar to how you, you have it set, set up, it sounds like, for, for these bigger companies? Yeah, no, totally. Great question. Um, I, think, I think that example is a tough one because there's not enough settled law around the securities element of fractionalizing revenue from an album. Um, but in the spirit of what you're asking, the answer is yes. This is, this is going to appeal to your podcaster, to your artist. Um, anyone who wants to put a file on chain, manage the holders, uh, market to market, meaning either posting your assets on social media, tracking engagement in Discord, or sending airdrops to holders, um, or even building your own marketplace that you could put on your website right next to your merch. Um, and then also tracking that data and understanding how to use that data, um, that is in our roadmap. Now, obviously, we're, we're staying focused um, at the enterprise level, um, mainly on enterprise and mid-market to start. And then uh, in the next couple of years, we'll be really focusing on SMB. And I like to put artists and creatives into, the, into that SMB category because whether you're a mom-and-pop shop starting a restaurant or whether you're you, McGee's, starting, you know, dropping an album, um, that's a brand, that's a business. And when you have a fun, when if our if our technology achieves the goal in which we envision it to do, whether you're a creative, a marketer, an artist, a principal of a school, no matter what your background is or what your experience level is, this is this is going to be uniformly easy to use. And if we can achieve that, then we can help. We're, again, whatever level of enterprise you fall in, whether you're an artist putting out an album or whether you're a Fortune 10 company, you know, doing some kind of NFT campaign, um, you know, that's that's the goal is, you know, and you, you hear that commonly in software. I want my I want my five year old kid and my my grandmother to be able to use it. And if both of them can use it, I've achieved my goal. That's awesome. Thanks. Thanks, John. Great question. Appreciate it, McGee's. Yes. Thank you so much for the question. Um, so um, I want to ask this question uh, for, you know, um, actually two questions. So one, you know, a lot of us here um, are either builders or we participate in the space um, as community members of different projects. You know, what What should all of us do um, here today to, like, bring more utility and to, again, help with that mainstream adoption of like NFTs and all this new blockchain tech? That's a good question. I think it's, um, collaborate. Um, that's the first thing. I mean, that's, that's how I ended up here. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad we were connected, Kelly. Um, collaboration is, is huge. And the more of us working together, the better, which is kind of, you know, at, at a very fundamental level, like what is blockchain? It's a peer-to-peer -peer network. Like even our technology is all based on collaboration. Um, so 
I think that's a that's a huge whether it's an ethos of spirit or whether it's a true technological fundamental collaboration is essential to the growth of this. And then I think it's also like know your know who your who your audience and who your community is. Um, know how to price them. Know how to communicate to them. Know how to how to incentivize them with the right thing. And um, you know, I think that's one of the interesting things is web two in my head and i tweeted this from our key space account the other day web two is about audience web three is about community um those aren't my original words i i I don't know who to give the credit to but i know it's regurgitated on my end um but web three is and, and and that means it's more about quality than it is about quantity and um i think it's it's really harnessing those you know how do you how do you what is what does immortalizing an asset mean to you and what does it mean to your consumer? Right. And if, if you're, if, if your consumer's end question is what can my NFT or what can my asset or what can my loyalty, we'll call it those, we'll call it NFT all uh, as the umbrella term for all of those um, feelings and emotions, but what can my NFT do for me or as a brand and your job to answer the question back is, what can what can we empower you to do with your NFT? I think that's the question that again, I don't I don't I'm I'm the guy who's building the technology who's gonna make it easy for you for brands and creators to answer that question. Um, but that question's gonna be different for each community and each brand. And I think that's the question you ask yourself is if I'm a consumer, I'm thinking, what can this NFT do for me? And if I'm a brand, I'm thinking, what what can we empower you to do with your NFT? Yeah, these are these are uh, great call to action. So, um, you know, a lot of people also want to start something in Web three, um, but they don't really believe that they have the relevant skills to get up and running. What would you say to them as well? Get over your imposter syndrome. Um, nobody scores from the bench. You know, I'd feel them. I'd, I'd Whoever's thinking like that first has to deal with some uh, internal dilemmas before they can execute. Um, I'm, I'm opposite side of the spectrum. I'm like, I'm just going to go and apologize later. Or I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not scared to, to put it all on the table and make a mistake. Um, Probably, probably a blessing and a curse, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's the first thing is get over your imposter syndrome um, and, and learn, you know, really learn, like jump into YouTube University. Like I'm nobody on this call isn't privy to the fact that you can hop on YouTube and learn anything these days. Um, if you want to do something more nuanced, like learn solidity or be a developer, it's going to, it's, it's, it's a it's a longer timeline, sure, but go ahead and just take action. I think in the world of entrepreneurship, action trumps everything. And um, even in the world of Web three, whatever world you're in, action trumps everything. Otherwise, you 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 know, if if you're still, then you're 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 in action, but your action is internally in your mind, and you get caught in these feedback loops, and you never move in real real life. Uh, you never move IRL. <laughs> and so I think it's like, it's, that's the first thing is like, get over it, get over it and figure out what you want to do. And even if you can't figure it out, try a bunch of different things. 
Do you want to be a developer? Do you want to be a marketer? Take courses too. Like, you know, I can't remember who said it or what book I read it in, but, you know, some of the wealthiest people invest more so back into themselves, go to conferences, read books, purchase courses, um, do whatever it is you can to, to make that decision. But whatever you do, don't get stuck in your head thinking because, uh, you know, there's a there's a quote. It's like on the plains of hesitation lie the blackened bones of all those who waited. And I, I'm, I'd butcher it, but look it up. Just Google on the on the plains of hesitation lie the blackened bones. And it's like it's about people who sat down to rest and in resting they died. And that's that's really what it is. And if you you know, you, you get caught and you hesitate and you stutter step and it's because your mind is tricking yourself. Like you got to remember, like your mind is um, your conscious mind is has evolved to prepare you for threats. So it, it wants you to survive. It wants to keep you alive. And so in preparing you for threats. It makes you stutter step. It makes you overthink things. It it makes you more hesitant. Should I do this? Should I not do this? And by the time you figure it out, you've probably missed the boat. And, um, you know, it, it, the last the last thing I'll say is in every meme, it's like, you, you know, that picture of an elderly person. And um, it's like, what did you you know, you're at the end of your life. What did you learn? And it's like, I, I regret not taking the chance more than I would have regretted failure. And, um, you know, it's really like that internal dilemma. Like there's there's, I, I just can't accept that as an excuse because there's so many ways to learn something that the only way you don't take action and you don't move forward and you don't try and do something in Web3 is because you've got a little scared voice inside your head saying, oh, should I do it? Should I do it? I don't know if I can do it. And if you can beat that, you can beat anything, including finding your spot in Web3. Great. Excellent advice. I, I love uh everything you said about, you know, kind of fighting that little voice and imposter syndrome. So um, that's not only applies to Web3, but I think life as well. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. So um, I was up to ask this. Do you have any new alpha or something new that's on your roadmap that you can tease today? What's what's coming next for Keyspace Studio? So we just... um. Being an enterprise brand, we haven't really focused so much on our consumer brand. We're just getting our Discord up and running. Um, can I share the link here, or would that is that cool? I don't want to overstep. Um, let me know if that's cool, um, and if I can, I'll share the Discord here. So we just got that up and running. Um, trying to figure out what our voice of our community, you know, what, what is our voice to our community going to be. Uh, maybe I turn this back to you guys and ask, you know, we're trying to figure out what is our, you know, as a B2B enterprise SaaS company who wants to build a discord and wants to build a community, where should we focus? Mm -hmm. um, you know, as people who could be potential community members, I'd love to know from y'all um, where, where, how, how, what would be a good niche for us? Should, you know, I don't know if it's being an alpha group. Um, maybe it's an education. I'm just not sure. Um, trying to figure out you know, like if we build our disc, you know, as we build our discord, what kind of content do we put in there? Um, and, and being, you know, wanting to be community driven, I think it's only fair to kind of have those transparent discussions with your community. So we'll be, we've launched our discord. There's not any activity in there yet. Like we've really recently uh, just built it, uh, just, just launched it. And then um, our beta, we're going to be beta ready Q4. So we're looking for brands that want to be, uh, go into beta with us in our software and uh, we'll be market ready Q1. 
Um, so hoping to have some awesome uh, feedback and iterate through that as fast as we can um, with our community members. So kind of a, a dual call to action. One is uh, join our Discord and, and become a community member and uh, help me help you help us. Um, this is my first time uh, really building a Discord community. Um, it's, it's a challenge doing it for a B2B enterprise company. Um, but I'd love to learn from some of you guys on how to do that. And then the second one would be, um, you know, let's, let's connect, feel free to DM me. And, uh, we're looking for beta testers who know the space or our marketers and can give feedback helpful to us for making product feature sets or messaging or changing some type of vernacular, um, you know, whatever whatever it may be we're looking we're looking we're looking to grow and we're looking to do it with a community um you you mentioned um for um kind of like what what do you guys think as a community potential community member um what would be a, a a cool way to build around this enterprise SaaS product and and i feel like you almost answered the question a little bit in describing what's so awesome about the web3 space and nfts is that you can own a piece of Ferrari, or you can own a piece of Gucci by owning the NFT. And so I almost wonder if um, maybe some OG status for people that get in early with Keyspace, if you could build some sort of NFT project uh, around, you know, a little bit of owning a piece of what people believe in with you. Um, uh, have you considered possibly launching an, an NFT project for Keyspace and I don't know if I'm alone in this thought. I could definitely be an outlier here. Feel free if anybody else out there is like, that's a bad idea. I'm just, uh, that was just kind of right when you said it, I was like, I'm going to raise my hand and say, hey, make an NFT project and, and sp spread the love. Well, well, looking from the emoticon reactions, I, I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> um, I I think, I, you know, back to the point, I, I think, yes, we do at some point, um, but when? You know, because we don't want to do it to we don't want to do it as a gimmicky way to fund the company. We want to do it as an authentic way to do what you just said, give early members or, or strong community members based on the timeline in which we do it. Uh, community members, the opportunity to own a piece of the key space. Um, I don't know what it would be like. I don't know what it would be like. It's it, I guess it's a part of the brand, because as we as key space maximizes its IRL potential, the value of that ownership goes up and um, but yeah, definitely, definitely on in the pipeline to do that, but do it in a way where it's timed right. It's done from a place of, of love and inclusion as a, as a point of a gimmicky, you know, we need to make money. And obviously that starts with um, like um, uh, intention and our intention would be to, to do the, you know, to, to give the community that piece of ownership. And um, so it's definitely on the roadmap as a matter, as a matter of when, I don't know. I I'm big on uh, the community will tell you when they're, when they're ready to do something like that. And uh, so, you know, I think the first thing is getting the community get together. Um, I don't know what, I don't know what comes first, the chicken or the egg. Um, but I definitely would love to do that. And um, for early community members, you know, I'd, I'd love to, figure that out alongside you so yeah definitely thank you for that feedback and for the ideas um totally I ask the the last question was you know 
you know, would always love to end this uh, conversation with ask, um, how can the audience support you? And it sounds like one is uh, make sure to DM <laughs> Jonathan right after with some ideas on how he can uh, engage his uh, Discord community. But um, is there anything else, any other ways the audience can support you? I think, um, no, I mean, I think joining the Discord would be great um, because a lot of you on here, uh, thank you to everyone who's asked questions, everyone who's been tuned in from the beginning. I see some faces, some profile pictures who've been on since the very beginning. Um, I'd love to stay in touch with you. I, I you know, I joined my Discord. I'm going to, um, Blue Creative has a Discord, I assume. I, I haven't seen it yet, or Blue Studio. Um, I'd love to join that Discord. Maybe we stay connected in there. Um, I'd love to stay connected. And if anyone knows any brands, um, I'm trying to have as many conversations with brands as I can right now. Um, we're still we're finishing up our seed round. So our raise is, uh, you know, we could talk uh, details on that if uh, anyone's interested in investing. But really, I'm, I'm really looking for a community here. I'm um, I'm excited to get on and, and help bring I feel like I really believe that collaboration is essential and uh, Kelly, I can't express enough gratitude to you for, for bringing me on this and having me be a part of your community. Uh, I'm, I feel immense gratitude towards you, and I, I just want you to know that. And um, for everyone who's listened, I, I feel gratitude towards you you, got, you all as well and uh, would love to stay connected, would love to help you got, have you guys get in my Discord and get in our Discord and um, help me think through some of these things that, you know, I'm, I'm, I've only been focusing really on the enterprise SaaS piece. And, uh, I think I'm, I'm, uh, I'm super excited to be focusing on the community and I don't know what that means yet. I don't know how that'll transpire, but I know if you get enough smart people behind anything, you can wield whatever and any, and if you get enough bright people behind whatever it is, you can wield anything into existence. So, uh, I'm speaking it into existence now and then hopefully, I can get the right people behind me and with me and next to me to help me uh, apply the action and actually bring it into existence. So thank you all. I hope to connect more. No, thank you for the kind words. And it is such a pleasure to connect with you. I'm so glad we got connected. And, you know, I just love hearing uh, stories like yours and, and just, you know, just some insight on, you know, how other builders are seeing like where this space needs to go. And, and not only, you know, kind of hypothesizing where the space is going to go, but actually doing the work to like make it happen. So really appreciate your efforts. I know it's not easy <laughs> building and building in general. So really appreciate it. Um, and then also uh, make sure to follow um, if you can see Key Space Studio um, in the in the chat right here. Um, if you click on Keyspace Studio, you'll see their link to their Discord in their description. So you can um, join the Discord by clicking on Keyspace Studio in the spaces and um, seeing the Discord link in their bio. So that's a, the easiest way to join. Yes, thank you. And uh, I, I found that uh, I just Googled that quote real quick that I fumbled the, fumbled the ball on. But the quote is, uh, it goes, on the plains of hesitation lie the blackened bones of countless millions who at the dawn of victory lay down to rest and in resting died. And uh, oh. that one just hit me different and, and really stuck. No, that's definitely a quote to, to end on tonight. No, that is, that is true. Um, de definitely live life with, without regrets. And, you know, 
where, where there's fear, there's um, opportunity. So fear is an indicator that you probably should be doing that thing. <laughs> totally. And, and I would even say that the more fear, the higher the margins, if you get it right. Exactly. Exactly. Love it. Love it. So want to thank everybody for joining. I know there there's like a football on tonight. So if people are football fans, I really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, while the game was on and um, thanks for coming to NFTs for good. We're a weekly Twitter spaces. We're all about hiding the builders and founders and the NFT DeFi, web three crypto space. Um, we do this at least once every week. You can check out the schedule on our website, www.bluestudios.io backslash NFTs dash for dash good. And make sure to also check us out on the major podcasting platforms um, we put all of our past episodes there. Um, you can check them out on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Um, so thanks again to Jonathan. Thanks for everyone for coming tonight. And hope to see you on Twitter. Thank you. Bye, Bye everybody. everybody.